The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal back at it. We were off yesterday. Hope you enjoyed the College World Series. I know Elijah did. You went up to see Ole Miss. I didn't. I ended up missing out on seeing Ole Miss. Ah. I, made it up to, I made it up to Omaha, but I did not make it to a game. Couldn't so. get in? Uh, no, just chose or really just... not to. We, we went up, uh, my umpiring got done a little late on Saturday and uh, went up there and would have made it in for like the third inning. Did you uh, sneak out last night? Uh, no, I was watching my abs last night, which was a disappointing Should have went to baseball. Yeah, I should have gone to go see baseball. What a performance it was by the Rebs last night. Tim Elko hit a bomb. Gotta love the mustache. So, Junior and his crew went up uh, last night to the CWS. We finally made it back from Colorado. And long and short, I got pulled over, man. Mm. I got pulled over somewhere between Ogallala and Kearney. It was dark. And we're zooming along, 84, 85-ish, and you're in the passing lane, and then you, you I should say you're in the, the right-hand lane, and then you, you move left to pass. Well, Mr. Old State State Trooper was sitting there going about 64 miles per hour, and I'm coming up behind him. I'm like, oh, how's this going to go? So I'm like behind him, I'm kind of tailgating him, and then I go around, and then that's when he hits me. And uh, pulls me over, and Junior's in the back seat going, oh, you're so screwed. He's got a mustache. <laughs> so uh, State Patrolman Roberts took mercy on me on Father's Day, thankfully, and just gave me a stern talking to about reaction time and darkness and just how fast I was going. Well, I tell you what, I was out on uh, I-80 uh, for uh, driving out to baseball this weekend, and I could not believe how many speed traps I saw. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I spent a total of like an hour and a half each, or hour and a half both ways, like combined, 45 minutes each way on the interstate. And that day I saw three speed traps, which I didn't, that's not very long on the interstate. It's a small stretch of road, and I went there and back, and three speed traps, two going out and one coming back, each in the different lanes. And I was just, I, 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 they probably are get, trying to get that College World Series traffic, trying to get their money. Well, I, I think. If you're headed west, those people headed back home from the College World Series this well, weekend. I was because where, where did you up? Waverly or Seward? I was out in York. York, okay, strike three. Out in York. Well, think about it, dude. I mean, the the the, the truck traffic from Lincoln to York is you're just locked in. Oh, it's brutal. And then you finally get around the eighteen wheelers, and you just put the put the hammer down and. Oops! Here's uh, here's twelve over and a 
it is seven, you know, in the seventy-five mile per hour zone. So, well, that's, that's what I thought was funny was whenever I went past the speed uh, traps, every single time I was like ten under the speed limit because I was like surrounded by big rigs. I said, "Jokes on you, coppers." Well, the thing too is, uh, had we purchased gummies, we didn't. They would have been my wives. <laughs> <laughs> It would have been the scene from Dumb and Dumber where the, the salt hits sea bass and, uh, and, and Lloyd's character's pointing at Harry and then turning around, pointing point the finger, pointing. Those are hers, officer. I knew nothing about that. I don't know. She bought him for our German shepherd. That's, <laughs> that's, I think, her story. Let me know where to bail her out. Uh, enjoy. So, no, we, we got back. Congrats to uh, Remax Southwest. You're 4-0. You are... Top of the Rockies champs enjoyed uh, the a really good ball game Saturday. Rockies, Padres thought about going to the Avs. It was a seven nothing touchdown shutout by your Avs, Elijah. But it was it was incredible. Good time, great experience, lots of fun. Numbers to dial up four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five. 5865. Dan tweets in a picture of Super Trooper uh, as a gift from the uh, the Super Troopers flick. Uh, one, I believe. I haven't seen two. But uh, it's uh, jokes on you. Ha ha. With uh, the mustached, one of the many mustached uh, patrolmen. Numbers to get in. Email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. And find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence. College World Series in full swing. Couple of elimination games going on. You have uh, nightcap tonight at 6. Notre Dame is trailing Arkansas at last check 5 nothing. We have Gronk news. We have Deshaun Watson news. We have Indomitian Sioux news. Where's he going to end up? And uh, we'll spend some time with Mitch Sherman. Uh, really good state of the program on the Gophers. Uh, with uh, Mitch, get his take on some CWS and some Nebraska topics. Also, we'll dive in with Rick Kaczynski in Hour 2, a Tuesday with Kaz. Special guest in Hour hour 2 as well. Uh, last off, all-conference all, all offensive lineman for Nebraska, and that is Spencer Long. All right. Uh, Spencer, the uh, pride of Elkhorn, will join us, and a uh, longtime NFL guy, great player for Nebraska, part of Team Jack, that golf tournament coming up July 9th at Wilderness Ridge. So we'll talk a little Team Jack with Spencer Long. We'll talk a little offensive line with Spencer as well. Coming up in hour two. So this tweet was pretty good, and I want to uh, ask the question, a couple of questions with it. A- you had college football news tweet out 15 teams that aren't scary. Will Compton tweeted this out. <clears throat> and uh, number one with a bullet is Nebraska. Nebraska is the least scary team. Well, the team that used to be scary that isn't scary anymore. Let me rephrase that. So Nebraska's one, Texas two, Florida State three, West Virginia. I mean, quite frankly, since the Rich Rod era, uh, I guess Holgerson was all right, but you get my point. West Virginia was just kind of so-so. SC's been down. They're in at five. Six is Tennessee. Seven, the U. Eight is Penn State. Nine, Washington. Ten, Auburn. Florida, 11. Twelve is Stanford. 
13, Virginia Tech, 14, Syracuse, 15, the Ville, Louisville. So here's my take. I think Stanford belongs in at number one of, of past conference champs, as, as, of past top five or top ten teams. They are number one to me because they've just been down. It's not that they won't beat you up or hurt you. They're good on the lines of scrimmage, but they just aren't as good, and they just don't win games anymore. They just don't bludgeon you. They were legendary at at winning at Oregon or, or winning in Palo Alto against Oregon. They were the one team that could slow Oregon down and hold Oregon to about 20, and they'd win 24-21 or 17-14 or do something crazy like that. They're good for a, a win. They'd out-physical USC. They've been really pretty good against SC more times than not. But Stanford's just been kind of a mess. They've been 4-8, and 5-7. and seven. And I never really feared Stanford because of the crowd size. But as far as lines of scrimmage, they, they were always really, really good. They just haven't been as great as, as they once were. So if we're just reconfiguring the, these rankings I mean, Nebraska's been down for, for so long that I don't, maybe from a name brand standpoint, them in Texas and Miami and Florida State and Penn State and Tennessee and Auburn and SC, yeah, those are your, your five or six blue bloods that aren't scary anymore, and that's just an opinion. I I think uh, as, as far as waking up the giant, I think SC's about to get good again. I think Penn State's just a quarterback away because they're good on the lines of scrimmage. I think Miami finally, finally has the right coach with the right mentality. Tennessee will just be patient, whoever they get in there. Tennessee can recruit, and they're in a great recruiting area. I think Florida could be really good again. Maybe they got the right hire this time. But with Nebraska, what made Nebraska scary to you in a good way? As a Nebraska fan, what made Nebraska scary? And Elijah, I just think of, of a couple of things. I think of of the, the Nebraska toughness. They they always had the really good Nebraska teams and even the good to okay Nebraska teams. Well, they never backed down and they never got physically beat up. Nebraska got beat or blown out. Why was it? Well, it was because you got out-athleted, right? Did Wisconsin run for... 7,000 yards in the Big Ten title game up the middle? No. They went outside, right? They didn't They didn't just line up and, and get four yards uh, per, per play. They got 40 per, per run. But it, it wasn't a thing where Nebraska just didn't have a mentality or an intensity on the lines of scrimmage. Either way, they could run the football on you. Nebraska, what made Nebraska scary was how physical they were, how you'd never really kill them. You might beat them, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't shrivel up. And then, two, the depth, the depth and waves of talent that Nebraska threw at you. I think that's fair to say with Miami. Not only did they have really tough dudes, but they also had great, great, great players that had that toughness. And to me, uh, I think Nebraska is getting back to that toughness on the lines of scrimmage. I think they had a lot of toughness under Bo. Uh, we'll talk to Spencer Long about this, but I don't know. When you think of Nebraska, what what made them scary to you? You're, you and I are quite a bit different at age. Or did you ever look at Nebraska scary? I think you look at Sue, hell yeah, he was scary. If I'm an opposing player trying to block him. Well, I mean, I think you're missing a big aspect here, and that's 
the the home field advantage that Nebraska has had for 40-plus years now. The environment. Uh, the environment of Memorial Stadium has made them scary. I mean, how many games did they lose at home back in the 90s? I don't know off the top of my head. You might, but it's a very yeah, small they, number. They lost, uh, they lost two games from 19, excuse me, three games from 1990 through... 1998. They lost to Washington. They lost to Colorado. They lost to Texas. This is what I'm saying. Nebraska's home field advantage always made them scary. And I think that is still a scary aspect of Husker football. People still would much rather play Nebraska at home than on the road because of what Memorial Stadium brings. And and I feel like that's been the number one scare factor of my lifetime from this Husker football program, at least for other programs across the country, is you have to go to Lincoln and play in Memorial Stadium in front of 90,000 screaming fans. And People can say all they want about, oh, the home field advantage is what it used to be. There's uh, too many people that are sitting in their hands in Memorial Stadium. The, the teams haven't made them. Uh, uh, There's not been that much to cheer about. Not that been cheered I about, think the but, fans are still great, brother. I get your, your, you're right on the, the, uh, the intimidation factor of Memorial Stadium. It, it, it's there, but it needs to be woken back up. And, that, mm-hmm. again, that's not a shot at the fans that go. You need to have something to cheer about, and too many times – all too often, you left broken hearted. Think about how off the hook Michigan was. Yeah, and then compare that to last year's Purdue game. Where well, you're not off the hook. You, you, close. Well, you throw four picks or you have four turnovers, and you're going to be just like, oh, God, here we go again. That was, that was the, the muttering, <laughs> cleaning it up for radio mm-hmm. <laughs> as you walked back to, to the graduate. I mean, but it's still it's what I, happened. I go to other schools around the country and go to different stadiums, and Nebraska still far surpasses them. When we, you and I were both in Norman last year, and I think we can agree that Nebraska's home field advantage was much better than what Oklahoma had in Norman. It was great fans there. Uh, I had a great time down in Oklahoma. Norman, but fans were going, "What the hell's going on? <laughs> we might lose this." They were shocked too. I've, I've been to Wisconsin. Nebraska's got a better home field advantage than Wisconsin, better than Iowa. I mean, I haven't been to a stadium around the country where I go, "Yeah, this place." Might have a better home field than Nebraska. Not one. Mm. You've been to other places than me, but... Uh, Texas hasn't done it for me. Uh, Boulder is always just... I mean, that's, that's, that's difficult to navigate in if you're wearing red. I've always heard things about Kyle Field and College Station. I think that's them. fair. I think that place is, is probably top three scary environment. Because it's a hundred plus thousand, and they're on top of you, and they're cheerleaders, and they're going nuts all the time. Yeah, I think I think LSU at night's probably a difference maker. Th- those two, and you know, if you can go back in time to uh, a Black Friday game and the snow and the cold or the sleet and the rain against Colorado, I mean, it, it was. And you go back to the Miami game in twenty fourteen. Wow, it, yeah. it can be an elite level. For for Nebraska, it just hasn't been in a while because the team struggled and found ways to lose. So, is Nebraska Nebraska could get scary again? And I think Will Compton put it best: bulletin board material for uh, for this batch of Huskers. But and, uh, and first this, things first, go take care of Iowa. This graphic originally from Mike Farrell. I mean, of course, Sports it, Illustrated. Yeah, yeah it, it's been a. I said college football news. I was wrong. Yeah, no, you got to put you know. Nebraska first because that's how you're going to get the attention. That's how you're going to get the clicks. I mean, it's something we've talked about with Bill Dolman. I feel like over the past couple of months is, yeah, you're going to get Nebraska at the top of these lists because Husker fans will click on it. People will see Nebraska at the top and they'll want to look into it. But I don't think Nebraska deserves to be at the top of this list by any means. I mean, look at Louisville. When was Louisville ever that scary? 
Uh, they, they've had good teams. They've had good scary. teams, but did they were they were they scary good? Right. I think if, if I'm picking combination of team and venue, uh, I don't want to go play at Penn State at night because of the the whiteout and the hundred thousand plus. Uh, I think playing at the old Miami Stadium, the old Orange Bowl. It was called the Graveyard for a reason. That was really tough. Florida used to be unbeatable the swamp, yeah. under under Spurrier at the Swamp. I mean, they were there. Washington can get super loud. I mean, Washington used to whenever Nebraska, Nebraska had a lot of home and homes against Washington, but off off the uh, off the the water there on top of the way the the stadium set up. I mean, your eardrums would burst as loud as Husky Stadium got, but we're going on 30 years uh, when they were really killing it. So uh, Nebraska, not a scary team anymore. The the top used to be scary, but isn't anymore per Mike Farrell. Uh, What what made Nebraska scary? As a, a Husker fan to you in a good way, uh, where you knew they'd figure it out. We'll check in with Mitch Sherman on the way. More College World Series thoughts from him and some Husker news as well. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio back with you, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Started off talking about uh, the I guess teams that aren't scary anymore per Sports Illustrated and their college football list. Nebraska comes in at number one. Greg sends an email in, chris at alevarsity.com. Greg in Michigan says the baddest and loudest place for football, period, is the horseshoe. Mitch, before we dive into some CWS and your excellent work on Minnesota football, What's the, the craziest environment you've covered, road, road environment, to, to see Nebraska visit? For a Nebraska visit? Yes. Um, I'm, you know, immediately Texas A&M comes to mind. Okay. But I think a lot of that has to do with the type of game that I saw at Texas A&M. You know, it was a, the, the game um, would have been – I should have been – Oh six, I think we're talking about like Maurice Purify catching a fade in the back of the end zone from Zach Taylor. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm mis- no, not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was down to the wire, you know, crazy game, and it was super intimidating environment. You know, the press box swaying. But I mean, Wisconsin can be like that. Uh, I mean, Iowa can be like that if you, especially if you're there at night, which Nebraska never is. So. That doesn't really count. Your, that's not really an answer to your question about to see Nebraska play. But I've been lots of places where Nebraska wasn't playing, like LSU and Florida State. That can be super intimidating. So, but for a Nebraska road game that I've that I've been at, I, I would say either either Wisconsin or Texas A&M. 
Very fair. Uh, was not never been to A and M, but I, I've just heard incredible things about that atmosphere. And you, you're right that uh, that finish was something else to clinch the West. Clinch the clinch the uh, yes the, the north. north. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting my divisions confused. <laughs> there like, is no such big, thing. When do we have a Big Twelve West? I think maybe maybe there was, but I can't. I'm, I'm, my division divisionology is You're good. Uh, You're good. going over sensory overload here. Mitch, we also had Brennan chime in on Twitter and say Lane Stadium, Virginia Tech with with Inner Salmon. Did you mm. make that trip out in 2007? Mm-hmm. Sure did. Yeah, absolutely. That place was rocking, um, and that was another one of those games where it went down to the wire. And that was Virginia Tech just pulling it out at the end with some craziness. So that place was absolutely rocking from Inner Sandman at the beginning, all the way up to the last play. I would say that's a good that's a good submission. Um, I don't know that I would put it ahead of necessarily of the two that I mentioned. Um, but it's it's uh, in the conversation. Okay, so we're going to end the, the the quick Nebraska thought about uh, you know scary or not scary anymore. What was it that made Nebraska scary, in your opinion, for for so many other teams for so many years? <laughs> the players. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that a suitable answer? I mean, like, um, and Sue and like Jason Peter, uh, they were scary guys. Uh, still are in some ways. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, the, you know, I was talking, this is, this is like a little bit off top, off of a, on a windy path, but I was talking to Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner up here at the College World Series the other day, and we were talking about SEC baseball and what makes it so great, and how they got these great programs and these great fan bases. And I asked him if he thought the fan bases were great because the programs had such history and winning ways, or, or if, the, if the programs said they got their energy off the fans because there was a passion for baseball in the SEC. And, you know, he just kind of said, well, it's a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have one without the other. And that's the way I think it is with Memorial Stadium and, and great Nebraska football teams and the environment. When you, you know, when you had those great environments and, and the, the fan bases that were intimidating, usually there was an, a, 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 an intimidating team to go along with it. So much like SEC baseball, the, the, the relationship is symbiotic between um, Nebraska's fans and its, and its intimidating players when it comes to making Memorial Stadium a scary place. Mitch, let's go to the CWS and, and thoughts on, on Old Miss right now. And I know uh, Auburn stayed alive, and, and right now I don't have the score up right now, but Notre Dame was was in trouble. But so far, so good for the CWS. Full seats, lots of happy fans, and uh, the SEC's been flexing for sure. Yeah, um, I can look over my shoulder here and see that A&M is up 5-1. to one in the bottom of the ninth. So we're about to be down to like almost all SEC representation. Um, I count Oklahoma as like a half of an SEC team. <laughs> so, um, and, and Texas, the horns are gone. Um, Texas and Stanford being the first two eliminated. I know broke a lot of hearts. Um, you, you talk about uh, athletic departments flush with resources and, and they got to Omaha. So that's a credit, but uh, the first out, and, uh, you know, it speaks to the strength of this field. 
Uh, Stanford had never gone 0-2 in 17 previous trips to the College World Series in Texas. Um, I think I think it was the third time or maybe the fourth time in like 38 or 39 visits. So these teams are just just you know overflowing with tradition, and they were the first to leave, and now. Uh, it appears that Notre Dame is going to be on the way out. So that's an athletic department that has really every advantage that it, it could ever need. Um, SEC is just, is um, is dominating the day. Uh, and you see it with Texas A&M this afternoon. Uh, we'll have Arkansas and Auburn playing tonight. So there's going to be uh, SEC representation on, on that side of the bracket. And, and you, know, you have Oklahoma um, you know, doing things. Uh, doing good things on the other side, um, Old Miss in Oklahoma, uh, the two two teams that are two and zero so far. So, um, you know, just everywhere you turn, it's uh, it's been an, an SC, a current SEC team or or a future SEC team doing good things uh, at the College World Series. Have you uh, bumped into Lane at all during his uh, his breathers up to uh, to Omaha, Lane Kiffin? No, he's not graced us with his presence in the press box. Um, saw him on the big screen. He was interviewed. Um, so made an appearance on the scoreboard. I would think that if Ole Miss wins tomorrow and then they move on into the championship series, that you know, maybe he'll leave and come back because the Rebels will have a couple days off. Um, but we're going to see more and more of Lane Kiffin. The more TV time he's able to get, the more – um, you know, free advertising there is for his athletic department. Um, you know, he's one who is going to, uh, you know, not that he, I, I'm sure he's a big Ole Miss baseball fan. I'm sure he's out at the, at the uh, Ole Miss baseball stadium, you know, all the time, like every series, every game probably. Mm-hmm. But, but um, you know, this, this opportunity when, when they're on ESPN and they're on the big stage for, for him to, to, uh, to step out there and, and be in the spotlight and, and give some, get some pub for Ole Miss football, um, that uh, will be a, would be a welcome um, opportunity for Lane. So I'll try to get the, the chance to, to say hello um, sometime before the Rebels leave town. Mitch, I, I can confirm I only caught one Ole Miss game on TV this season, but uh, there was uh, Lane Kiffin sitting right behind home plate wearing a shirt that said, come to the sip. So uh, recruiting <laughs> yeah. never stops. Yeah, so seriously. I mean, he's, he's, always, he's always around. That's good. I mean, where there's a camera, you should have Lane Kiffin if you're if you're old Miss. That's that's beneficial for your athletic department as a whole. Mitch Sherman, couple more minutes. He's at the College World Series. The Athletic is where you read Mitch at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. So, Mitch, tell me a little bit about your sit down and the optimism in uh, Gopherville. Uh, you had a chance to get caught up with uh, with with Coach Fleck. Yes, uh, beginning of this month. I made my way up to Minneapolis, and this is for our State of the Program series. So, had the Nebraska piece out back in April, and um, Minnesota was my other assignment in this series. Um, and you know, I, I had a really good conversation with uh, PJ Fleck. Um, I, you know, I think some of the some of the generalities, uh, some of the stereotypes that you hear about him and, and the, uh, just the, um, you know, the conversations that surround P.J. Fleck and Minnesota football can be dispelled a bit if you have an opportunity to really sit with him in a, like a non-press uh, conference mm-hmm. kind of setting. Um, not, obviously not 
everybody can do that. And, you know, you just have an opportunity to sit down with all of the fans of the Big Ten. That's too bad because he's a much more likable guy in that in that setting. Somebody could say, well, you know, you pulled the wool over your eyes. No, I don't think so because he's, if, he is, if he did, then he's doing that with a lot of good players and good coaches too because they have that at Florida right now. This is a nine-win team a year ago that, that was disappointed. They lost to Bowling Green. Um, or otherwise, it's a 10-win team uh, in, in, in two years after they won 11 in 2019. So it's some sustained success that P.J. Fleck has, has been able to create at Minnesota, and they've done it by playing tough football where they're strong at the line of scrimmage. They have a good run game generally. They stop the run. Um, you know, these are things that if you just kind of put the blindfold on the program and didn't say what you, you know, the program that you were naming and you just listed the characteristics, there's fans all over the country, especially in the Big Ten, who would love to have that uh, as, as the, the calling cards for their programs, including, I think, a lot of fans in Nebraska. And if you pulled, if you pulled off the sheet and said, oh, look, it's, it's Minnesota and P.J. Fleck. They, they, oh, I mean, that, we, don't, we don't want that guy. Well, I mean, okay, I, I understand, like, there's a distaste for him in, 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 um, you know, in some circles in college football, but the results speak for themselves. And Minnesota is going to play strong defense. You know that. That's going to happen again this year with Joe Rossi back as a defensive coordinator. And their offense, which was a bit of a problem last year after Muhammad Ibrahim went out, uh, the, the star running back and the season opener with the ruptured Achilles against Ohio State. They have Ibrahim back as a sixth-year senior. They have Tanner Morgan, the quarterback, back as a sixth-year senior. They have Chris Ottman-Bell, their number one wide receiver, back as a sixth-year senior. Anchor their offensive line, John Michael Schmitz, the center, is back as a sixth-year senior. So I would not sleep on the Gophers as a team that can make major improvement on the offensive side of the ball. They have Kirk Shiraka. Their old offensive coordinator back in charge of this thing. He was there in 2019 before going off to Penn State. Now he's back. So if people are, are um, underestimating Minnesota as a contender in the Big Ten West, I, I, I would advise uh, that they, they think again. 3-0 and the last three years against Nebraska. 2-1 and against Wisconsin, including a road win. They just need to kind of figure out a way uh, against Iowa, and I think they might have beat Iowa last year. I'm not sure. If they did or not, but the point is, is they have done what they needed to do in league against some of the other West heavyweights. Mitch, we'll uh, let you be to wrap up this uh, this CWS coverage, bud. But thanks for squeezing us in, and it's always fun to to get caught up with you. Thanks so much. Absolutely, good to talk to you. Take care. See you next week. There he is, Mitch Sherman, joins us from the uh, confines of. The Chuck will dive into Sue's next move next. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
Big thanks to Mitch Sherman. Check his interview out on ESPN Lincoln's On Demand section. Elijah will have some of Mitch's best uh, moments uh, on the two-minute drill, the SoundCloud on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle. Spencer Long, about 20 minutes away, get his take on this year's Team Jack Golf outing at Wilderness Ridge July 9th. It's going to be a great time. And uh, just some O-line thoughts from Spencer moving forward. Uh, and uh, Rick Kaczynski also with this next hour Tuesday with Kaz. Uh, numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Pretty cool to hear Mitch's take on some of those crazy environments that turned into to great games. Uh, the environment in, in the moment helping kind of raise the level of, of some venues. Of course, Blacksburg in, in 09. That was a rough one for Nebraska, but it was it was cool for those that were there. The Enter Sandman entry. Ohio State's always been a, a, a monster snake pit because Nebraska, for a lot of times, early on in the Big Ten anyway, played there at night uh, against Ohio State when both teams were were ranked, and that didn't go so well for Nebraska. You uh, fast forward A&M and the, uh, the Zach Tamo ball game was super impressive, but overall A&M can, uh, can get livid. Just think of the, the scene last year as they hit the field goal to beat Bama at the end of regulation, 41-38. That was a 4-4 four and four football team at that time. So it's pretty good. And Memorial Stadium, man, you get uh, you get some difference makers at, at like a Sioux or a Peter or a Frazier or pick a pick an offensive standout, right? A running back that can take over a ball game, Roy Halou, right? There's been a lot of Roy and, and Amir on Twitter recently, which is really cool. Those guys were uh, were, were difference makers behind really good offensive lines. Yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy when you think about what Nebraska had in back-to-back-to-back running backs from Halu to Rex Burkhead to Amir Abdullah. Those three back-to-back-to-back. I don't think I realized at the time, I was just a kid, but I don't think I realized how special that that six, seven-year stretch was. And and it was normal. It was pretty normal to go from LP to Amon to D'Angelo Evans before he got hurt and left. I mean, you had some, some dudes. You had some really, really good dudes that Nebraska recruited, and then they were just stacked at that position. We'll see if it, it turns back into that for Nebraska on the uh, the offensive line. And it'll be fun to talk uh, to Spencer about that, right? Because, I mean, Spencer is blocking for all those dudes uh, that when Nebraska was vying for conference uh, championships. NFL thoughts. Uh, so to run it down, you've got Deshaun Watson settling with 20 of the 24 plaintiffs, mm-hmm. uh, that's moving in the right direction. I still think the NFL smacks him for being a goon, and uh, I think he's going to miss a year. I don't have any inside information, but he's not going to play for a while. That's my obvious take on, on that situation. Gronk is retiring. Listen, maybe. well, you, you, it's, it's really good to say maybe. If he can stay in shape, here's the thing. You get to the you get to the league, you've been in the league. Gronk's 33. Gronk's had a bunch of surgeries. Gronk's had a bunch of broken bones. I mean, think of the uh, the brace that poor bastard had on his elbow in one of the Super Bowls. I mean, Gronk's had ankle, had knee. He's never really blown a knee to my knowledge. Maybe he did blow a knee somewhere midpoint of his career. The point is is Gronk at 6'7" 280. 
has taken a massive amount of abuse over the middle into the sideline and catching balls in traffic. And the last thing you want to do at this age, from Favre to Rodgers to pick a player, Reggie White. I heard a story about Reggie White getting signed by Carolina. Reggie White was watching cartoons during two-a-days. And no one's going to tell Reggie White to stop watching cartoons to get your ass out on the field. You're Reggie, he's Reggie White. <laughs> Guys hate training camp, period. Guys don't like OTAs. It's, you, you just mess yourself up. And even though there's limited contact compared to 15 or 10 years ago, it still beats your body up going up against incredible athletes that size. It sucks. That's where you earn your paycheck. You talk to a lot of NFL folks. That's where, indeed, you earn your paycheck because the games, while now 17 weeks long, those are murder in itself, as physical as they are. So Gronk could just be going, yeah, I'm good for now. I'm going to play some golf, hang out by the pool, and maybe I'll pick the phone back up as we get closer to uh, to kickoff where I can just come in, do some walkthroughs. I'll be in shape. He's professional. And and I'll be good to go in Tampa. You've got Edelman, I believe, down in Tampa now. So if if Tom can get Edelman and Gronk, he's in a good spot. Well, he uh, his agent, Gronk's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, did say in the event that Tom were to call at some point during this season, the – the, the insinu- insinuation there is it's uh, after training camp. If you were to call some mm-hmm. point this season, uh, he, he thinks it'd be likely that Gronk would answer the phone and, and see what Tom has to say. So I, my takeaway here is this is Gronk saying, unless there's a, a great scenario coming out, I'm done. But there is a good scenario. If Tampa's, you know, 4-0 to start the season and Tom Brady gives me a call and says, hey, I could use a red zone threat, he's going to get off his couch and go play for the Bucks. Why wouldn't you want to go chase another no, friend? And, and just let me go do my thing with, without having to put in all the – the blood, sweat, tears, and, and collisions. It seems to me like, uh, well, if, if Tampa is going to be chasing another ring this year, I, I'll go chase a ring with them, but I don't want to go to training camp. I don't want to play for a team that's not in contention for a ring. We'll, we'll, we'll wait this one out. Yeah. And Dominican Sue wants another Super Bowl, and Dominican Sue has missed, what is it, one game in his entire career, and that was two, two due to suspensions. Okay. He wasn't hurt. It was him getting uh, a little angry and stomping on somebody like they were a lit marble. So, Sue has been on ESPN the last couple of days, and it sounds like there's been some mutual interest. He fits the Raiders' salary cap, and some of the Raiders guys have reached out to him. Mina Kimes, uh, proud Nebraskan, uh, had a chance to ask Sue about it earlier. Duncan, how about the Raiders? $20 million Ooh. in cap space right Vegas. now. Rebuilt offense to compete no in the AFC West. You love no that tax, tax situation. <laughs> An interior defensive line, to me, jumps out as a real need on this team. Because, of course, you got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the outside. What do you think? I like it, uh, to be honest with you. Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. Uh, I was exchanging messages with him the other day. Uh, it's, it's an interesting opportunity for sure. We'll see where it kind of ends up. But it could be that NFC West is I mean, the AFC West is very, very yeah. tough, which would be fun. You get out of that, you're almost destined to get to the Super Bowl. So there you go. He still wants to play. I think he's kind of putting his toe in the water, A, to see if he likes the broadcasting thing, but two, let's uh, 
Let's get the word out that I want to play ball. Who's interested? Maybe Minnesota takes a look at him as well. So our old boy Schaefe, uh tweet that out. I'd love to see him go to Denver. Denver does a 4-3 or a 3-4. 3-4. Three, 3-4. Four. Three, four. Three, four. Well, he's played in both. He's played in both. He played, uh, he's typically been a, a, a 4-3 guy, but he did the 3-4. Well, and Denver also has a new coaching staff in here, so who knows what they end up doing. He did a 3-4 with the Rams. So we'll see. But if, if Sue ends up chasing the, that, that group of quarterbacks around, that'd be pretty fun to see. He still has some ball left. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Spencer Long, former Husker All-American and uh, longtime NFLer, part of Team Jack, going to be with us in about 10 minutes. Rick Kaczynski, uh, Tuesday with Kaz on the way. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. We've centered around the, the Tom Fernelli tweet about uh, teams that aren't scary anymore. Used to be scary. That's what it was. Nebraska comes in as the number one team that used to be scary. That kind of led us into some some crazy environments, tough places to play. And uh, we've got a pretty good consensus. The Horseshoe, Blacksburg, A&M, right there. Uh, Kansas City was nuts. And it was a college uh, neutral site venue, but it was Nebraska, Oklahoma State. Joe Walker put his Superman cape on in 98, saved the day with a punt return, but took a goal line stand by Mike Brown and Bad Mother Rucker uh, to keep Nebraska from seeing OT in that one. Boulder can get nuts, and then it's just a little vicious anyway. Uh, just usually Nebraska get up about four touchdowns, and then, oh God, here comes Colorado. <laughs> To, uh, to make it interesting and, quite frankly, ruin your buzz. Let's remind you to buckle up. Game preparation and repetition predict success and winning. Drivers and vehicle passengers who always use their seatbelts will increase their survival chances. If a crash should happen, remember to always buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We are going to find out here uh, in just a couple of months how rocking the Aviva Stadium in Dublin, Ireland can get. How exciting is that? It, it, it'll be <laughs> it'll be fine, and it'll be really good if Nebraska treats Northwestern like they treated them at night uh, back in October. I mean, those. It's not a, the problem is it's not a soccer stadium. I was going to say some of those those European you, soccer stadiums get pretty rocking, but this I is hear they're rugby. just pretty. Like soccer venues are nuts, especially Premier League or soccer hooligan land. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a buddy go to the Iron Bowl, Nebraska. It was Alabama, uh, Alabama Auburn, and you're dodging urine bombs. No mustard bottles. No, it was. Golf balls? No, I mean, it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't a spitter that someone was chucking at Lane that he's catching like he's a first baseman. This is uh, plastic sacks full of pee. Well, that's uh, that's pretty common, especially down in like uh, Southern American, Central American soccer. Um, we've Still seen throw it, urine bombs? We, we, we've seen some uh, some of that in the, the USA-Mexico games where people are throwing bottles in the field with substances that <laughs> sure look a lot more like urine than beer, but uh, <laughs> unconfirmed. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a common soccer thing, so that's, that's not like it's an Iron Bowl specialty. No, it's not, but they may have protect, perfected it. <laughs> they may have perfected it. They may have perfected it. it. <laughs> well, you damn war eagle, why didn't you dodge this? Splat. In, in terms of 
things that could be in bottles that are thrown. Urine's probably one of the worst. It is. We'll just stop there. Did see a, did see a, a, a gutsy guy. We were at the rooftop at uh, Jackson's right across from Coors, right when the puck dropped for, for game two. And everyone, it's, you know, eight deep. Everyone's trying to get a beer. And it was just a lot of fun in that environment. But <laughs> here comes the, the lonely, brave, good fan, good-natured fan. But he's, he's the lonely, brave Tampa fan that, that rolls into Av's territory. Hmm. You ever do that? Walk into a room full of opposing fans? And you're like, oh, I'm going to die. It's not, like the not, scene, not in, it's like the scene in Animal House. Not opposing fans I don't like know somewhat. Okay. So you make sure it's, it's a little bit cordial. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, as uh, we roll through. Great to be with you. Uh, a Tuesday with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski coming up. We'll talk some D-line and that possibility of Sue and Randy Gregory maybe in Denver. Longtime NFLer, seven years. All-conference twice in Nebraska. Uh, part of the Big Ten, the pride of Elkhorn. We say hi to Spencer Long. Spencer, how are we doing today? Thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, of course. Doing well. Did you, uh, did you hit any golf balls today? No golf balls today, but I just got back from a nice uh, guilt-free golf Father's Day weekend. So Good, man. It was good. Well, you're getting the uh, the old swing fired up, and we'll start with uh, the Team Jack golf outing. Spencer, as uh, Team Jack Foundation, the the inaugural Team Jack Golf uh, Classic, uh, and it benefits childhood brain cancer research. Going to be out at Wilderness this uh, this this Saturday, July 9th. So we're not too far from from July here, Spencer. Spend a minute here on on the the outing, the event, and of course uh, your uh, your tie with uh, with Team Jack. Yeah. Um, well, first it started off. Um we kind of wanted to, they've been kind of wanting to do a, a golf tournament um, for a while now. And I know we all know the uh, tragic passing of Andy Hoffman, Jack's father. Um, and so that kind of put everything on hold, but it's been in plans for a little bit. Um, try to get some, uh, a golf event going because there's a lot of people involved in the organization that enjoy that. And uh, so we just got to talk in the spring and it's like, well, we got to start somewhere. So let's see if we can get something off the ground this year. And, uh, really trying to make this a, a yearly, you know, really special event. And um, it's going to be really fun. It's a 
single Saturday with uh, Shamble teams, and um, it'll be a lot of fun. There's a lot of former Huskers going to be there. Um, some good opportunities for corporate sponsorships and single sponsorships. So um, I've done, I do these all the time, and the format's great. Um, the setup's great. Over there at Wilderness Ridge, they're taking they're going to take care of us. So should be a, should be a really good day. We uh, we love our folks over at Wilderness. We we talk uh, every uh, every Wednesday with with Mike Shuhart and Shuey, and it's just an incredible venue. First uh, for the tournament, but uh, the 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 research dollars that are raised uh, are are so important. And you have childhood brain cancer is the leading cause uh, cancer cause of death in children in the U.S. Less than four percent of the National Cancer Institute's uh, research investment spent. On childhood cancer, that means even uh, less is spent on childhood brain cancer. So, uh, Husker Nation, the Husker alumni, going to get together and, and raise some money and and have some fun doing it when it comes to, to golf. Can log on uh, teamjackgolf.org. We have a phone number for you as well. We'll tell you about in a little bit. You can dial up. But uh, Spencer, to to go back to to your involvement, and you've been a part of. Uh, Team Jack and the gala, and and also just uh, you, you've spent a lot of your time and energy uh, to help uh, with uh, Team Jack, which is incredible. But sp- spend a minute on just the uh, the impact Jack and the Hoffman family had with you and, and some of your teammates. Yeah, um, Jack was a really big fan of Rex Burkhead, who was a classmate of mine. Um, it kind of started out as the small thing, as an individual relationship between Rex and Jack. And it just, you know, with the leadership of Andy, um, he, he was faced with the ultimate nightmare, having a child diagnosed with uh, some, uh, a bad form of brain cancer. And, you know, Jack is thriving now. Um, and just to be able to take, you know, that bad news and turn it into something so beneficial for so many kids and so many families, um, it's really you know, you can't handle that in a better way. And I just can't speak enough about the Hoffman family and what they've been able to do for a lot of people. Um, but it really just connected with our class because it started out, we just saw that grow um, from, you know, from our class starting out just that initial one-on-one to um, doing some meetings. And then obviously everybody remembers that, that uh, 2013 spring game touchdown run from Jack and it just kind of exploded. And, you know, it's, it's, pretty regional right now, especially in Nebraska, but I think eventually they can put their sights on being a national, a national deal. And that's kind of the goal here is to just attract um, some really, you know, some really cool sponsors and people involved in Husker football and other things around the state to just really up the funding and, and put this thing on the map. So it'll be, it'll be really fun. And I think this thing is going to grow from year to year and we just need some, some uh, some teams and some sponsors to help us get the ball rolling, and it should turn into something really amazing for these families and these kids. And there's really no reason, no better excuse to play golf. So there's another bonus there. Spencer Long is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, longtime NFLer and, and Husker, uh, two-time All-Conference selection, part of Team Jack, the golf outing, the inaugural Team Jack golf outing. Get registered, get uh, some buddies together, get out to July 9th. To Wilderness Ridge, teamjackgolf.org. You can also contact the foundation if you want to help sponsor or uh, want to help uh, donate. Please do so at 402-925-2120. Those are the numbers to, and the, the website to, to get involved with. Spencer, I want to get your thought here on, on Nebraska football for 2022. And 
you know, what, what it takes to have an offensive line. Uh, I want to go there for a moment and just get some of the your thoughts, some of the traits your lines had uh, paired with the, the running game. I always thought you guys were super physical and you were you were transitioning from from a big 12 to a big 10 and offensively it didn't seem like you guys missed a beat too often being able to kind of pound the football yeah um it really just started out with like that that underlying philosophy of just being hard-nosed and you know starting up front i mean i think we heard that every day starts up front um you know we put a lot on us and we wanted to because you know if we can if we can pound and move the line of scrimmage i think you know, that opens up everything else in the offense and it also gives our defense a break and it's just good for everybody. So we really took that took that to heart and took responsibility as an offensive line to really put, you know, a lot of stuff on our backs and, and get the, get things going. And, you know, it didn't always work perfect, but I think we had a bunch of guys that, that cared about each other uh, mainly. Um, you know, in Nebraska, you know, just as well as I do, Schmitty, that it's a, it's a fishbowl and there can be a lot of pressure, um, especially on these kids this year. And if if there's any current players listening or anybody that wants to hear a football player's perspective, it's just really about not – it's playing to win. You need to play to win and not to, uh, you know, play not to lose. And sometimes that can get great up here in Nebraska. Um, guys understand what it means to the state and these people and these fans. And if you put too much pressure on yourself, you, uh, you actually, you know, play as well. Um, you need to play free, play loose, and play tough and physical and have fun out there. And then along with that comes, you know – you, you have a great experience and really get to soak in these memories that it's just you never have more fun playing the sport than here in Nebraska and especially as an offensive lineman in a Big Ten school. Um, we're known for offensive linemen and we need to we need to get back to to that and just you know I think that those guys realize that you know need to come together and care about each other and just work as a unit and take personal pride in it and also take the pressure off themselves and just play ball. Um, they'll they'll start to see some really positive revolts, results, and um, I think that's kind of what it takes. And regardless of what the philosophy is offensively, you you take with it, you take what you you know what you know how to do best, and and roll with it. So that's kind of the formula. And we we we, did, we not only took that into games, you take that into practice every day. So that was the mentality for us, Spencer. You have some guys that have played. A lot of football that are going to be uh, options for Nebraska's offensive line and Coach Riola. You have some guys that have been in the program a while, but either due to injury or, or for whatever reason haven't played as much, but they're they're going to be penciled in, right? It's not ink, but penciled. How long did it did it take you to get comfortable? And what's what's a reality for for offensive line playing the Big Ten because? It seems like the teams that have done well have um, have not only the experience, but but guys that are are, are closer to uh, well, uh, <laughs> you know uh, that that retirement versus the uh, they're just started shaving. I mean, the old offensive lines typically win. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I think it was really a stepwise process for me. Um, you know, I, starting out as a walk-on, it really helped me zoom in and, and stay focused on the, the next goal. You know, if you look and zoom out and you have these, you know, grand goals are great, obviously, in the grand scheme when you when you zoom out. But, you know, you really got to set little goals and little little process steps for yourself. And when I first came, walked on to Nebraska, I was like, all right, let's 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 just compete. Let's see how we do. 
and I want to I want to show these guys that I can compete with them. And then it went from okay, I know I can compete with them. Um, now I know I can compete at a very high level. Now you know, and then it just builds upon itself. And really, if you take that that stepwise process, um, especially as an offensive lineman, because a lot of kids coming out of high school, you know, need need some some time to develop, um, not only athletically and and uh, mentally, but you know, physically as well. Me included. Um, I was 250, uh, soaking wet as a freshman, uh, as a defensive end. Moved to D tackle. John Garrison was a GA at the time, who eventually was the offensive line coach. Saw some potential in me as an offensive lineman, flipped me over, and then 60 pounds later, I was um, all Big Ten, and, and then people started talking about the NFL, which I, to be honest, had never thought about. Um, but that's just kind of how it works. And then, you know, once you get that far, then you're like, all right, this is possible. And then the next thing's possible. And then starting in the NFL is possible. So it just kind of goes like that. And it's the, you know, the key is really just to not lose faith along the way and um, just have, have confidence in yourself that you know you can compete with these guys. And and uh, then you come together and you know, find some synergy as a unit and take pride in it and go from there. Spencer Long's with us, two-time Husker uh, all-conference performer, seven-year NFL vet, and he's part of Team Jack, the inaugural Team Jack golf outing, Saturday, July 9th. Get signed up, get a team in. Uh, all funds uh, raised go to help the Team Jack Foundation in their battle against childhood brain cancer. TeamJackGolf.org or 402 402- Nine two five twenty one twenties, which you can dial up and and give some of your uh, time, some of your energy, some of your finances to help uh, this battle against ch- childhood pediatric cancer. Spencer, we'll leave with this, and thanks for the time today. It's wonderful to, to catch up again. On to the NFL. You uh, drafted third round. You you moved from guard to center. You did a, an amazing job in Washington and with the Jets and also the Bills. We were talking training camp in lieu of Gronk's retirement. Elijah and I aren't so sure that, that Gronk will stay out. How brutal was training camp? Can you put into words? Is, is Was it just uh, rugged or was it something that was easy to navigate through? Um, you know, it's something that you get used to. It takes a few days, but you really, you know, that's coming. It's, it's daunting when you're out of it, but once you're in it, you know, like I said, it's just going back to that stepwise process and really simplifying it, uh, making sure you're doing the day to day. But, you know, it's also looking back, it's a really good time and, um, it's, it might be difficult, but those are the types of situations that create those bonds, those lifelong bonds with your teammates. And you, you, you got to go through something, uh, truly difficult with, with your teammates to, to create that. And that's camp. Um, you really figure out who you are as an offense and as, as a um, line and as a team. Um, so you really just got to kind of embrace it and just understand that that's, that's part of the game. And it's in, you know, it's, it's beautiful looking back on it and it develops you as a person. And, um, and if you, if you love the game at all, it's just all football for, for two and a half weeks. And you're just, you know, it, it allows you to zoom in and, and really take big steps. So uh, it's important. And, yeah, it's, it gets tougher, and especially as you get older. But then you got to realize that, you know, it's going to come to an end at some point, so don't take it for granted. Spencer Long with us. Spencer, best to you and, and uh, the folks at Team Jack. And we'll get caught up again. And, and thanks for a few minutes today. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I appreciate you guys having me. Um, thanks for helping promote an uh, incredible cause. And it's just a lot of fun. So come on out, and you'll have a great time. And, and uh We'll get this thing growing to something even huge, even bigger, and you know, put it on the map nationwide. And 
it'll be it'll be really special. So. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, and um, go Big Red. Take care, Spencer. Spencer Long with us, and get signed up. You got some friends. You got a business. Uh, do you have a sponsorship opportunity? Team Jack Foundation, the inaugural Team Jack Golf Classic, again with our friends at Wilderness Ridge, July 9th. So get signed up for that. Uh, TeamJackGolf.org is where we go. Now, do they let you sign up? I mean, are you allowed to shoot over 100 and still play in the field? Is that, that count? <laughs> you know, listen, I listen, listen, listen. And I, I played with Spencer and I played with Searles and I was on their team one year. Uh, this was for Tyson's Treasures and I love those folks as well. <laughs> listen, it's to have a good time. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> They're not asking me to play to uh to, to be the ringer okay <laughs> they're not doing that but no this is great and then you know out at Chewy's, oh dude it's going to be great at, at wilderness i think we're gonna do a saturday show out there and well I, you're gonna do a saturday show out well yes yeah, so I'll, I'll be out there doing the saturday show. show i gotta check junior's baseball schedule uh just to see if if he's i think he's playing i don't know what time but if if it's a later game, I want to I want to do this. I want to get a team together and go go do it. Well, see, I'd love to see just uh, a show. We'll live stream it from the course, and we'll do the show, and we can see if you get in uh, eighteen holes in the two hours of the show. You leave the headset on at all times, and you're you're we doing could, a, leaf, a live show while you play in eighteen. We could do that. It'd be through. We could set up a camera and stream yard it. We, we, we but we would. I. I uh, I would break a lot of FCC laws <laughs> when I golf. Not quite bending the stick like we saw at the U.S. Open, but I, I get a little mouthy. Coach Kaz up next on Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into an hour two, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Tuesday with Kaz. Kaz, a lot of baseball for us uh, in the uh, Rocky Mountain country. How was your weekend? Good to spend time. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Not much. I can't remember. Oh, had uh, somebody stole a truck where I worked, so had an hour-long police chase. Had that going on. One of our, we got about a hundred trucks in our fleet, and one got away from us. So uh, had that was that was my Saturday morning. But uh, better, I guess, better than getting a call on a on a player from jail. So uh, so uh, yeah. Other than that, man, I'm much still getting. Getting the yard together from the pool. If I had to do that again, I wouldn't do it. So, <laughs> so did you? Uh, did you ride shotgun on the on the on the hot pursuit or not? No, no, bro, no, no, absolutely not. 
Testament being uh, eye for an eye. I get you. I get you. So back to the uh, getting a phone call from a player in jail. Has that happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a couple times. Not too often. Just a couple times. Usually, well, actually, I shouldn't say from, but right right after the right after the release. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Minor stuff. Minor stuff. uh, So how, how did you how did you handle it? Yeah, you just make sure they get home. That's about it, man. You know, usually it was just just minor stuff. You know, uh, public in talks, uh, underage, just things like that. So, gotcha. Most of the time, you you know, you, you want the guys telling you. You don't want to hear it from somebody else. So, we always instructed if something help happens, you know, call call us, and then you know, you always get the you want to get the story, so you can. Uh, so you can uh, try to piece it together, help help the parties out and evolve best you can. But uh, yeah, you know, just part of it. Fortunately, I, I I never really had anybody that did uh, anything anything terrible. Mm. So uh, yeah, just just a call here and there, late night, early morning, but nothing nothing major. Did you ever have to go bail a teammate out? Nah, nah. No, I don't think there was cops back in the mid '90s. I don't think there was cops in South Bend or Lincoln, Nebraska. So, <laughs> Kaczynski's yeah. with us, Alvar City Radio. Well, Kaz, um, College Football News put out a opinion tweet. Uh, I think it's been about a week ago, but I uh, wanted to share it with you. Fifteen teams that aren't scary anymore. Leading in at number one is Nebraska. Texas 2, Florida State 3. Going down the list, West Virginia, uh, SC. Uh, that might change with Lincoln Riley, Tennessee, and the U. Uh, Penn State at 8. Auburn finishes out the top 10. Any objections to the rankings here? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, you sent me, I don't have Twitter, but you sent me that tweet, so I saw the, um, I saw the, the teams on there. I, mean, I disagree with. Yeah, I just, you know, as a coach, talking with coaches and knowing what people got and the recruiting bases and, and the environment you have to play, I, I completely disagree with, with Penn State and Auburn. I mean, Penn State had a had a down year, um, you know, uh, didn't I? And I, I think for Penn State, the expectations have been raised, but they got dudes, man. I don't think there's a lot of people in the Big Ten that are fired up about playing Penn State. Um, and same thing about Auburn. You know, I don't, I don't know if, if this guy's going to last long there. That's uh, I, I didn't. From I'm just giving my opinion. Sure. I'm going to bash college football news about their opinion, but I gave you my opinion. I just didn't think that's a good fit for the for the SEC or Auburn. I can't imagine that guy making it very long, or especially when you have your D coordinator. You know, you had some, you had some guys making lateral moves after one year. It kind of tells you about uh, what it's like working in that building, and uh, so I just don't know. If, but 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 Auburn's got dudes there. I wouldn't want to play them. Wouldn't want to go down to Jordan Air at night and have to play them. Um, and 
you know, I guess, you know, Nebraska. I think when you look at those top, you know, you look at you look at Nebraska, you look at USC, Texas, and who you have, Florida State. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'd say? Well, you know, I think they're ranked so high because they it was they were a tough out for so long. So that's why it's it's easy to take take those shots and put them high. But I mean, really, after that, I'm trying to think of when you know I'm, Florida's on there. Um, that'll be a tough out here pretty soon. They got dudes. They'll get they'll get that thing right. But yeah, I'm trying to remember when. Uh, what was it? Syracuse was scary. Uh, and who who else, who else was on there? Virginia you know, Tech. Yeah, Virginia Tech. Yeah, and Louisville yeah, that was and... a tough place. You know, Tech. Tech will be man. Uh, whew, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get that one. I, I just don't get that one. Um, but. Uh, same thing, you know. Blacksburg, that's a tough place to play, but they they were they were uh, they were a play, that was a place to be feared and and a team to be feared for a long time. Um, but uh, you know, Syracuse, I mean, their best years were under McNabb, and I mean, I don't I don't know if they ever won a championship with them. With them, I think he was, I think he lost fourteen, fifteen games as a starter, so it wasn't like. Uh, you know, you're going into the house of doom when you were playing at that joint. So I don't remember them being scary. A few other teams on there. I don't remember ever being scary, but yeah, you know, I guess, um, kind of look at it like, uh, I guess, uh, you know, you can be perturbed with it, but also look at a badge of honor. At one point you were pretty scary. It was a tough out. And when you look at Nebraska, you look at Texas, you look at USC, Florida, State and Florida and Penn State and Auburn—they're—they're they're not going to be there. They're not going to be there for forever. I think people put those teams on those lists um, to rile people up. They know it's going to get attention. You know, if you put uh, West Virginia on there, if you put Syracuse on there, nobody's even talking about it. Nobody—nobody nobody cares about it. So they don't. How do you get clicks or whatever? How do you get people to view it? You put it on. You put on teams there. That that people follow. You you put on teams that matter. You put on teams that used to be good, you know, or got a chance to be good. I mean, otherwise nobody cares. And so, uh, so you know, at Stanford, they, they average about sixteen hundred people a game out there. Yeah, that's not a football place. They had a yeah. And, and let's be honest, when was Stanford scary to play? Same thing. Maybe a five, six year run. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's not like Stanford uh, is this blue blood football program. No, a lot of years yeah. since uh, since Harbaugh and Andrew Locke were were, were killing it. Yeah. I got to ask you, what's... they had a couple. They had a couple good years with uh, with Shaw there. You know, yeah. smoked Iowa in that Rose Bowl. I mean, they had some. They were physical. I mean, they, they had some good. They had some good teams. But you know, I mean, fear. Yeah, I mean, nobody. I talk to people. I mean, you, you go back. And playing in Lincoln in 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 the '90s and '80s and '90s, I mean, there's there's coaches, there's guys I know. Yeah, I mean, Coach Ford, I, I know coaches that coach back against Nebraska in the '80s, and uh, you know, I mean, they were you know, Nebraska was 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 a was a tough out. People didn't like playing Nebraska, man. Got to ask you, what's what's the craziest environment you've been a part of, either as a player or a coach? For for an atmosphere, what what was oh, super Ohio, difficult? Ohio State, okay. Ohio State is it, 
it's by far the loudest stadium. I mean, I've, I mean, I've been in Louisiana State, you know, every SEC stadium. Uh, Texas will put you to sleep, so that'll be that's a tough one to play at. But uh, as far as like crowd yeah. and uh, environment and on top of you, uh, you know, Ohio State is that place was brutal. As a player and coach, you can't you can't communicate. And uh, you know, I'm playing center. I can't I can't hear the quarterback, man. And uh, you know, it's just uh, they're they're on top of you. It's just it's loud from the time you get there and loud from the time you get out it's a intimidating place um you know it's always packed and in any time you go play at a place like that it's just it is it is intimidating and you think about the history about the guys that played on the field and and then you look across and see what the guy what the dudes are playing with it's uh it's 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 a lot to lots to lots to overcome before you even take the field. But yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough that's a tough tough place. Um, you know, there's a lot of tough places to play. I think a lot of it has to do with if you're playing for something. If uh, there's um, you know both teams are pretty good, and uh, yeah, I think that that has a lot to uh, a lot to go into it. And I know, like for me as a player, Boston College was was one of the tougher places. It, I think it hold it, it held at the time about forty five thousand people. It's a it's a giant square or a giant rectangle and uh, aluminum bleachers and you know um, they're uh, they're um, you know Jesuits you know you can't trust those Jesuit cats I'm just kidding but uh, you know they hate Notre Dame and uh, yes, you know you're do. playing for something <laughs> Catholics a Catholic school versus Catholic school so you know the place is packed and. Uh, yeah, you know, that was always man. That was a, that was a really really tough place to play at Notre Now, I think if you ask Syracuse or somebody else or North Carolina State, they'll they'll tell you they'll tell you something different. But uh, yeah, you know, a lot of places that I, I never thought Michigan was a tough place to play. I didn't think Texas was a tough place to to play. Um, just uh, you know, really, Ohio State. You know, there's you know Michigan State. You know, Iowa's a really loud joint. Um, but uh, you know Nebraska, that in my, you know that environment for the Miami game in 2014. That's yeah, I, that's you know top probably the top environment that I was ever in. You know, with the crowd. You know, at night, student section was rocking. That, that place was just it was it was on fire that night. So uh, yeah, right up there, man. More with Kaz. A Tuesday with Kaz. Hail Varsity continues. Presented by the Nebraska Lock. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Rick Kaczynski is with his few minutes Hail Varsity Radio Tuesday with Kaz. So Sue's been on uh, ESPN talking some NFL the last couple of days. 
and uh, there's some cap room for Sue. He still wants to play ball, so I'm here in Oakland. Check that. Vegas, the the Raiders, uh, maybe the Vikings. What would a, a tandem of, of Randy Gregory and Indomitian Sue do for Denver? What would that be like? Well, you know, it, anytime you got uh, two guys that garner that much attention, you're going to run out of guys to block them. So there's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of snaps where you're going to have to handle those guys one on one, which uh, you know, which is which is tough for an offensive coordinator, tough for an offensive line coach. Uh, you're going to have to. You can, those are those are two guys you have to game plan for. And you know, there's a, obviously that the NFL is the best of the best. There's a lot of uh, great college football players, but rarely. Are there individuals that you actually have to change kind of what you do? You have to put guys in certain spaces and get guys help. Um, and that takes you away from what you want to do. That takes you away from formations. It takes you away from calls. And it takes you as a play caller out of, out of your com- comfort zone. Um, so, yeah, you put those two guys. I mean, Sue, you know, he's a three-down guy. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's rare in the league now. You know, it's a pass rushing league, but people still people still try to uh, run the football, and there's a lot of great pass rushers that that can't can't play the run or don't play the run up there. And then you know, same thing for Randy. You know, I always when I always talk to people talk to people about Randy, I think just because of the way his his body was and he was so linear and so athletic that people never gave him the credit that he did uh, how well he played against the run. You know, they just assumed he wasn't good because he was tall, and because he was lanky, and 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 so and he was just he he. Let me tell you, that dude was a three-down guy in the, uh, in the Big Ten. Some of uh, some of the some of the his best plays came came in the run game. Um, I mean, there was a play he played against he he made against Michigan State uh, at their place in 2014. On a, um, I think it was either a third and one or a fourth and one. It, it gave us the ball back. I mean, it, it was one of the best plays that, that I've ever seen a college football player play. And he's playing a six technique, which is a really difficult technique to play as a defensive end. And, uh, you know, and go back that Northwestern game. I mean, that, that, that gave us a chance to, to win the football game. You know, he made a play on the goal line, ran it down from behind. I mean, he beat two blocks and, uh, you know, so I, when you have two guys like that that can play all three downs, but then on third down when you have a guy like Randy um, and a guy like Sue with their pass rushing ability, you know, you, you run out of guys. You run out of guys. So in order to get the ball downfield, in order to be successful offensively, you know, you're going to have to have your guys block those guys one-on-one. And uh, I'll take my chances if I'm hedging. I'm hedging wagers. Um, you know, I'm gonna take my my. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna take uh, Sue and, and Gregory over any uh, anybody in the NFL uh, on uh, multiple one-on-one situations during the course of a game. Kaz, obviously having two guys like that is such a premium, but when you look at Nebraska over the past couple of years, they've struggled to even find one guy uh, to be a, a guy that offenses have to circle, have to game plan around. And uh, when you look at guys on this year's roster like Garrett Nelson, Ty Robinson, O'Shawn Mathis, there's a chance that one of those guys could step up and, and be a guy that offenses have to game plan for. So how important is it to have just one of those guys on a defense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to. 
you know, the, the thing is, you can, you know, you got, you have, you have one guy, but you, you, you better have some good players around them too, yeah. all right? Because you can neutralize one guy. You can, you can figure some things out to take one guy out of, out of a game. That's why it's critical about who you're playing, um, you know, who you're recruiting, who you got across from that guy, who's that guy playing next to, uh, what, what, what type of guys do you have playing behind them. But I also think that um, it's, just, it's just critical that, um, you know, the guys that they're playing next to and the guys that are behind them, you know, understand the defense and how you fit and what you're doing with those. You know, there, there was a lot of times that we did things with Randy that basically the guy next to him or the guy, you know, on the other side of him was a sacrificial official lamb to set it up to let Randy do the work to, to – to figure out ways to put Randy in one-on-one situations. You know, I mean, we were, we game planned the more probably than offenses did because we had to assume this is what they're going to do. So how do we get Randy in one-on-one situations? How do we get Randy and Malik on the field at the same time and put them in situations where we think that they're going to have a single blocker? And then, well, if they do get double teamed or if they do chip with the back or keep a tight end in, well, Vincent's got to make a play. We feel confident with him. But, you know, Nebraska should have Nebraska should have those guys, right? Now, Garrett playing off the ball, you know, I, you know it all, it's all on how guys fit. You know, it, you know if he's playing in the alley, um, you know, there's things that you can do to neutralize those guys. They're not necessarily an impact on every single down when you have a when you have a guy like Randy that has his hand in the dirt uh, at the, in a defensive end position, um, you 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 have to account for him every single play. You know, there's things that you can do for an alley guy. There's things that you can do for guys that are playing again uh, off the ball. You can you know run past con, put them in run past conflicts, those type of things. Um, so I think Nebraska's got to do a pretty good job of utilizing the guys that they have. So when you ask me, you know, about Nebraska has those guys, I think they probably have some guys right now that they can do that. But you have to game plan for those guys to be successful. It's not you, – you know, hey, people have to have a plan for Randy. People have to have a plan for Malik. Okay, so you have to game plan. You have to get those guys in position to use the tools that that they have to be successful. So I think as a defensive staff, as a defensive coordinator, as a a position coach, man, I can go back and think about the the hours that we put in trying to get those one-on-ones, trying to – um, trying to put our best players on their worst offensive line. And that's why it's critical for every single D lineman to know, you know, what the backers are doing, knowing what the support is, knowing what the coverage is, knowing what the guy is doing on both sides of them. So then, so then when they move in those situations, you can move guys around, you can put them in positions where, you know, we lined up against Minnesota. We put Randy as a three technique standing up over a guard because the dude stunk, you know. So, and Randy made a bunch of plays. But in order to do that, we had to change a bunch of stuff. And we had the guys that were athletically enough and they were smart enough and they were tough enough and, and to do that. So, uh, so I think Nebraska probably has some guys they can do that with. They just got to spend some time, and, which they will, and game plan to put those guys in those situations. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Sale Varsity Radio, a Tuesday with Kaz. 
Kaz, always love getting caught up. Love the insights, and we'll get this done again uh, next week, dude, before we uh, really kick it into high gear. Before you take another vacation? Headed to North Carolina this weekend, but it's uh, it's it's not vacation. It's uh, it's you're, it's an honor. You're in a it's an lot honor. of remote studios, a lot of remote, <laughs> a lot of remote studio action, bro. And yeah. it ain't just when the weather's good. <laughs> I've golfed three times this year, rather poorly, uh, but yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll take a picture and wave at you from Carolina next week. <laughs> All right, partner. Sounds like a plan. Appreciate it, guys. Like what you hear. High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, and Greg Smith tweeting this out. We'll talk to Greg tomorrow, recruiting recon with Greg Smith, Charlie McBride tomorrow, Mike Babcock, Mike Shuhart. Don't forget the party on in La Vista for the Hale Varsity Club, the yearbook award party. Award? What do you mean? Well, you'll read it and go, that's big time. It's nice. And we'll be on the road Thursday from 4 to 6. Roadshow at the Hale Varsity Club up at La Vista for the uh, Hale Varsity yearbook drop. So the yearbook party is going to be incredible. Nebraska getting a new commit here a little more than an hour ago. And it's linebacker Hayden Moore. He's out of Aurora. Shocking. We were in Aurora or drove through Aurora at some point on our trip. Had nothing to do with this quite frankly, but he's a talented linebacker and Nebraska able to get the yes over UCLA and Colorado and Iowa State and Iowa. So Nebraska able to get uh, commit number nine for 2023, which is big. So you have Boodle and you have Riley Van Poppel, so three defensive members for 2023. And uh, you look at uh, Moore, and he can either play a Mike or a Sam backer, more of an off-the-ball Linebacker, really good athleticism and length. And uh, you like those type of guys, Elijah, that can uh, run a ball carrier down or get in off the edge through uh, 112 games last year, 111 tackles, 11 sacks. Uh, Check that. 111 tackles, 11 TFLs, and five sacks. So 16 total TFLs. Yeah, and the the linebacker position has one, been one that Rude seems to be doing pretty well developing the talent he's had. I mean, yes. uh, Reimer and Henrich, both guys that uh, have fully developed under Rude's tutelage, and sounds like there's some younger guys in that room that have been pushing as well. So uh, of any position group at Nebraska, I feel like um, inside linebacker may be the one where I, I go, you know what, I, I, I trust Coach Rude's uh, ability to, to scout out talent and, and find the talent that's going to work well in his system and is going to develop well under him because that's all he's done since he's been here at Nebraska is, is develop those inside linebackers. Well, and and you'll have you'll have if he's going to be off ball, 
you like that ability to, to get through the wash, go make the tackle. And uh, Kapai and Snodgrass and Hausman are some names that it's kind of the next wave of young pups you're waiting on some development mm-hmm. from. And Hausman just got here, but not bad. I mean, you, you got to love it. And uh, you, you like uh, what Rude's done. And you nailed it. I mean, you've seen guys develop, and Barrett's such a smart football player, communicates that really well, and nobody nobody did it better, man. You look at the total tackles in, in school history, that's all him. So good for Nebraska. You're getting another guy from that 500-mile radius region. And he beat out some good squads for it. And uh, just a, a quick side note here, personal experience with Coach Rude. He was at Lincoln Southeast while I was there. And uh, he developed uh, a friend of mine. Uh, I thought he's listening to the show, but Ethan York, good friend of mm-hmm. mine, was not a great linebacker until Coach Rude came to Lincoln Southeast, and he stepped in his first game. And in the second half, he, he stepped in because of injury. And uh, in that first game, he racked up, uh, I think, 12 tackles in one half alone and uh, never looked back from the starting job. And I, I think it was all because of Coach Rude. I mean, Ethan York was not the most gifted athlete, not the most gifted football player out there, but one fall camp with uh, with Coach Rude really changed That's awesome. how he was as a football player. You know what? Get confidence, know what you're doing, play fast, mm-hmm. right? That's absolutely what it's about. Get the podcast, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for tuning in back tomorrow at 4. A Huda Media Production.